Welcome to the Deep Hire Podcast, where each episode we explore the worlds of recruiting and staffing, technology, business, and the roles we have within them. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me on another Deep Hire Podcast. This is one of my favorite episodes. Monica Gibbs of Everest Management Network Incorporated was articulate, thoughtful, to the point, and we're addressing some problems that seem relevant to us. So I hope this podcast is useful. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Matt and the Deep Hire team. My name is Monica Gibbs. I'm a recruiter with Everest Management in Toronto. We are a generalist search firm, and I've been here for 23 years, actually. Um, So we have different divisions. We do legal. We do real estate. Um, I do quite a lot in the financial services industry. Um, We're also covering IT and executive search. So um, it's been an exciting time of growth with our firm, and um, definitely in the market that we're in, um, seeing different and unique searches that uh, are constantly you know, sort of showing that new roles are coming up as well that that um, are in different locations across Canada. Mainly, we do some U.S. and we do uh, some international as well. That's interesting. New roles are coming up. Well, I'll give an example. Um, years ago, we didn't have sort of, you know, chief privacy officer. <laughs> and even the way that titles are evolving and changing in, in today's market with, you know, chief people officer, head of talent and culture, um, the way that roles in HR have evolved as well in terms of what companies are looking at and what they're doing in terms of employment branding and the candidate experience and things like that. And even wellness roles, I'm, I'm heavily involved in wellness and seeing companies that are bringing um, a corporate wellness position in-house as well. I, I didn't see that 20 years ago. So, so things like that, they're exciting, exciting changes. Yeah, I would, I would say so as well. One thing that I've heard a lot about in the media recently is safe spaces within the workplace and making sure that people aren't being too flirtatious or dressing too flirtatiously. I wanted to hear your thoughts on where you think that line is, you know, with, with putting rules and regulations in place within, a, within an organization. I think um, companies are trying to do a couple of different things. They, they want employees to feel like they can express themselves um, at work, but they also want it to be a safe place so that, you know, it's inclusive, but that people know that it's also a respectful work environment. So I think that um, companies are really trying to, you know, do a bit of both, but when they see that there are, you know, um, areas that they need to enforce um, you know, things like that. I haven't had a lot of experience firsthand with that. I'm actually attending an event tonight that's more on the, you know, diversity and inclusion and encouraging people to, you know, come as they are. I mean, I, that term, you know, is not really being used in HR, but allowing people to express who they are in the workplace as long as it is in a safe way. Definitely. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to draw a line and I haven't really meditated on the subject a lot, but I would mm-hmm. say respect is a good, mm-hmm. a good, way to approach it. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. go wrong with that. That's mm-hmm. it's a good way to, to, because it seems like a sti- sticky, a sticky situation. And, and mm-hmm. that's why good HR is so important because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just like with a family, you know, it's like mm-hmm. if, if you're one of six and you've got four siblings and two parents and you've got all these issues that are constantly going on, it's like, it's really tricky and you have to, mm-hmm. you've got to be patient and you have mm-hmm. to be understanding. And so Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think respect is a is an is an important word. And um, given this um, sort of you know bullying in the workplace as well, and I just recently took part in a decide to be kind campaign. Actually, I um, shared about it on LinkedIn yesterday and today's you know pink shirt day and things like that. Um, these 
you know, whether it's workplace, we used to think of, oh, bullying is, you know, in the schoolyard and now it's, it's everywhere and it is coming more to light in workplaces and things like that. And it doesn't mean that we have to agree with everybody or embrace everybody, but we do have to accept and include from a, you know, if these are colleagues and peers, um, you know, we all may be different. That's a beautiful thing, but accept it, respect it and be able to, you know, get along and be kind to everyone. That's, that's um, what I think is really important, especially when we're, our workforces are evolving, they're changing, um, you know, and not everyone is even face to face. Some people, you know, again, are, are working remotely. And so there's communication much more, you know, online and things like that. But whatever it is, I think that respect is, is a, a really important word. Definitely. I've been recently <laughs> learning about personalities, like the, the broad five personality traits. And it really makes you appreciate the differences that we all have because we all bring different things to the table you know steve mm -hmm. jobs was able to create this amazing brand because of his particular personality mm -hmm. and he didn't agree with everybody you know it was difficult to get along with him from what i've read mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter because we need differences because we all bring different skills and talents to mm -hmm. the table so that's mm -hmm. so important mm -hmm. so i wanted to to hear sort of your thoughts on the development of the recruiting and staffing industry in, in recent years. And if you had any, mm -hmm. just any big things that you've noticed that have changed recently and whether they're good or bad, just wanted to hear your thoughts about development and change. I think two things that have um, been changing or, you know, maybe on the rise, but one of them is um, candidate and new employee ghosting. And this term has been used more and more uh, recently. I find even at our last Toronto Recruiters Conference, it came up. Um, and uh, I think that as the market is continues to be competitive, and I mean, again, there's the word, you know, the words, the war on talent and talent shortage are used often. Um, but I think that this this trend of, of ghosting where employees and even applicants are, you know, just jumping out of the process and or not showing up for the interview or even worse, not for the, showing up for the first day um, is a sign that, you know, the market is competitive. And I think one of the things that companies are really looking at, and you'll see this with, you know, top companies to work for and things like that is companies are really honing in on, you know, what is our, our brand and what are we offering in terms of the candidate experience? Um, so that's come up at recent uh, Innovate Work events as well, where, where we've been talking about, you know, what are companies doing? And even if they do have a great applicant tracking system, because, you know, technology is definitely, you know, being used more and more as as companies are looking at volume for when they post a role and, and what the response that they get. Um, but how is that being handled? Is every, how is every applicant being communicated with and that kind of thing? And I think companies are realizing it's not just communicating with the candidates that are being selected, but all, what happens with all the ones that aren't being selected? Um, so I think that that's one. And uh, yeah, the, the, the talent shortage and just the competitive nature of the, of the market right now is another, is another big one where recruiters have to be innovative and creative and, <laughs> and companies as well in terms of how they're attracting and retaining talent. I think that's I think that's continuously evolving. Yeah, I would say that that's something that I've been thinking and discussing about with a lot of people is you brought up a few interesting points, but I'll, I'll tack on to the last one that you were discussing is is how to attract candidates and retain them because it seems like we're moving into a, remo a remote workforce. Mm -hmm. That's what it seems like. Mm -hmm. yep. But is that going to last is an mm -hmm. interesting question because mm -hmm. we like to at least my personality and it's common for a lot of other per people's personalities to like to spend time with other people in the remote mm -hmm. workforce 
doesn't offer that. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing to, to, as an organization, ask yourself how much importance should we place on in-person work environments? And, mm-hmm. and it's very opposite from the remote trend that is, is happening right now. Do you have any mm-hmm. thoughts on, on if you were to start an organization, mm-hmm. how important is that? I think a lot of um, people are looking for that flexibility comes up almost in every interview I have. And the, the question, am I able to work from home, is brought up at some point within the process on any given search that I'm working on. Now, I think that companies obviously have different you know, views on this and policies on this. Um, but for those that are, are offering it to employees, I think the important thing is to look at not everybody's the same. So if someone doesn't work well on their own remotely, that they should have that option to, you know, come into the office or to have a space where they can be in a, um, even those shared office spaces or a WeWork or something like that. So even if there's, you know, a couple of people in that space and they, and they've said, you know, working from home and for some people I've spoken to, it isn't even an option the way that their home is set up. They've said, for different reasons, you know, family reasons or just logistical reasons, it hasn't been. So I think if a company is offering that, they really have to look at, you know, is it right for the employee that I'm bringing on board? And to to not have a one-size-fits-all approach, it has to be what makes sense for this individual, for this department, how's this department working together? Um, And yes, it is a competitive edge if you offer that to someone, but then what is that going to mean to everyone else in the workplace, right? So I think that having you know, policies and and practices in place that, yes, can be used from an attraction standpoint, but that are fair in the organization and that also accommodate people who may not have the ability to work remotely or have the preference to work remotely and who really thrive in that team environment. So again, I think that flexibility is really important and and consistency in how that's being rolled out. Well, it's a hard thing for organizations because if you want to take it by an individual basis, that Mm -hmm. becomes difficult because you have Obviously, as you scale, you become more mm-hmm. standardized. So mm-hmm. what does the rule become? Is the rule, mm-hmm. okay, maybe the rule is we're going to look at each individual case and whatever you need for your weekly structure, whether it's three days in the office and two days remote or four mm-hmm. days remote and one day in the office, we're going to accommodate that. And mm-hmm. hopefully that works for organizations. Like mm-hmm. my fear is that it's not standardized enough. Like mm-hmm. obviously if you're going to allow people to choose their own schedule in office or away from the office, mm-hmm. it's going to affect the entire trend of the organization. So for mm-hmm. people who want an in-office experience with Mm -hmm. a lot of interpersonal interactions Mm -hmm. their ability to do that is going to be is going to suffer because you allow so many people to work remotely Mm -hmm. and and if the Mm -hmm. majority the majority of people want to work remotely then the people who obviously want that interpersonal relationships they're going to they're going to suffer on that front yeah, it is. And I, I see different companies doing different things. I, I had a tour of the Deloitte office recently, and I just, I really like how they have different workspaces that you, you come in and you see where it's available, but you're not sitting at the same spot every day. And again, I think it, what's nice about that is you get to meet different people in different areas within the company, because sometimes we feel so 
Um, I mean, depending again on, on how companies are set up, we're sitting the same, the same like our, what used to be 20 years ago is you were in an area with the colleagues beside you, your department usually. And now it's, you know, pick a station that works for you. You could be at a, at a desk, you could be at a, in a lounge chair, you could be, they have all these different workstations, buy a window, not buy a window, room, fishbowl. And it's just, it's, it was really encouraging to see. And I've been speaking with different people about these, these new workspaces um, here in the downtown core and, and elsewhere as well well that are just um, allowing people to be collaborative not only with their own direct department but with other areas just to jump in and 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 set up um, wherever works best for them and I thought that was quite interesting and I've seen that as a new trend as well yeah that that sounds good and hopefully mm-hmm. we're improving organizationally and and the future hopefully it's it's bright for everybody in the mm-hmm. workforce mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have you experienced um well, I'm just thinking about the 23 years that you've spent with this company, and I want to hear some mm-hmm. of your personal takeaways from from what helps you be productive and healthy. And I mean, 23 years is a long time, so it seems like you have mm-hmm. a healthy relationship with this organization. <laughs> so I wanted to hear about what has helped you develop that. I think a, a lot of it is um, we're a very collaborative team, and and um, we we do have you know some staff that work remotely, myself included. Um, and someone that lives just outside of the city, but I think the fact that we're we're constantly um, together in terms of our, our our consistent you know weekly meeting, doing events together, um, you know different just you know even fun events, team building events, and things like that, I think has been really important. And, and this this whole sense of that we're all in this together, we're all you know we all have the same goal, but we're also able to. Um, share ideas in terms of things that we can be doing differently, um, systems that we can be bringing in or whatever it may be, ideas that we may have. And again, it's a diverse team. So we have people that are, you know, two years of experience and we have people that are, you know, over 30 years of experience. But I think that we're all, we all have that same vision. We want to, you know, do the best that we can for our clients. They're unique searches. They're they're definitely hard to fill searches. Um, sometimes, you know, it's it's location or the nature of the search. Um, sometimes the client's already been looking for several months, hasn't found anyone, um, you know, but we're all coming together to share ideas, share best practices, what's working, what's not working. And so we have these team meetings um, and even if a couple of people are working, working remotely, we're all tied in together um, via video, whatever it may be that, you know, we're really trying to see how we can um, evolve together as the market changes. Definitely. Yeah. I really keep coming back to a couple of analogies for a successful organization. When people talk about sharing the best practices and sharing disagreements to get closer to the best practices, it really strikes me as being completely similar to personal growth and personal development. You have to Mm -hmm. look at your own life and you say, what's working, what's not working. You have to Mm -hmm. be honest with yourself about that. And Mm -hmm. I think even more to the point is having a relationship with another person is being able to say, I like when you do this. I don't like when you do this. Let's discuss Mm -hmm. that and see if we can Mm -hmm. come to a common ground and come to a better solution for the future. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how Mm -hmm developing yourself and developing interpersonal relationships, whether it's professional or personal, are so similar to Mm -hmm. keeping an organization healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. So I wanted to maybe bring it back to the, the recruiting and staffing industry. I wanted to discuss, discuss something that I don't really talk about often, but I wanted to hear if you have any insights into profits and it's something it's a topic that i don't really breach a lot but Hmm. 
if you had any insights into your company's revenue goals and some of the challenges that you have faced and and are overcoming. I mean, I can't give specifics right now, but I think that, you know, we're always looking to grow in terms of what we're, we're doing as a firm. And I think it's not just, you know, um, dollars, it's, it's what are we doing in different industries and different areas? So several years ago, you know, we didn't even have a legal division. So being able to bring, you know, um, at the time we'd brought in a lawyer that didn't want to be a lawyer anymore. He wanted to be a recruiter. And that's how that practice grew. Um, similar with it, you know, it's, it's like, what, how can we evolve as our, as our clients are evolving as the, as I said before, the types of searches that we're working on now, there's a high demand on, on really technical roles. How are we, how are we coming to that? So in terms of, you know, the numbers and growing as a firm, you know, year as year over year, it's been, um, adding to the team in terms of staff, yes, but also these different divisions that have catered to clients in in different areas. We even had um, an office set up in Ottawa when we were helping a company out there, and it was one of those those things where we were like, what do we need to do right now to help that client? Okay, we're going to set up an office there, we're going to grow it, and we're going to have people on the ground you know, for this project. And we hired everyone um, for this. It was in the credit card space from CEO you know, to the HR person, um, to admin. And, and it was really, you know, again, showing that we're adaptable and flexible. So I think in terms of growth, it's really adapting to the current market, whether it's hiring somewhat people that are working remotely, whether it's, um, outsourcing, you know, research if necessary. Um, so I think it's that, it's that flexibility and adaptability and we're always looking, looking to grow. So always looking for good people for our team as well. It's so cool that you basically create an organization. It's like your Mm -hmm. job is to find all the parts that are mm-hmm. required for for what an organization needs to survive. So mm-hmm. could you talk a little bit about that? Like what mm-hmm. like you're going from CEO to HR. Yeah. What, so yeah. some companies only specialize in a certain area. So they'll say we are finance recruiters and we do CAs and, and tax and accounting roles. But um, at Everest, really when we when we have a client, we have different areas across the company that we want to stuff. So we want to be a partner to that client, understand their value, understand their culture, understand, you know, how they're growing and really be an extension of them in the marketplace. Now, if we're only doing finance, we're not helping, you know, marketing or sales or HR, those other areas. So what we like to do is line up as a, as a true partner in all the different areas. And so we have different, you know, recruiters internally who have different practice areas and different expertise areas. So mine happens to be HR, my background is HR. And so, you know, I may have the lead on a search. And then when a legal search comes in, I will partner with, um, it might be my client, but I will partner with my legal colleague on that. Uh, let's say it's in, I right now have a tax and estate role and they'll, we'll partner together on that. If it's a highly technical role with one of my financial services clients, same thing. I might be the, the practice lead or the client lead, but they'll be partnering with me. So there's a lot of, um, again, that collaborative approach on our team, depending on the area. But in terms of how we partner with the company, we want to be across the board because we want to be, we want to understand where they're coming from and help all the different areas grow. How often do you build out the entire workforce of an organization it depends like it 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 has come up where we've had um a department for example we had um a major life insurance company was launching an investment division so it was very much they wanted us to build out it started with the marketing and product area and then it turned to sales and then there were some other roles that that came in after that Um, some of them they had they had filled on their own but um, it has happened before, as the case with the, the credit uh, card company and some other clients where they've said, look, we're going to go, you know, um, 
starting with CEO and having you build our, our different groups. And, uh, and as they brought in the HR person, we would work alongside that HR person to then, you know, help with the different areas. But, but it, it has come up. It's not often, but it certainly has come up. Um, and again, once you do that for a company and, and we, we, we do a lot through referrals and then that, you know, client referred us to another client. So that, that does happen as well. Yeah, that's very cool. That's, mm-hmm. I've, I've been doing this podcast for about six months and so it's, uh, it's very encouraging to hear about how industries are helping. It's like, it's so easy for me to stereotype certain industries as being mm-hmm. dull or boring or not quite mm-hmm. as important as another industry, but it's it's so cool to hear about recruiters playing so many roles. It's like mm-hmm. a recruiter is, I mean, you're building an organization. That's an organization mm-hmm. to do a ton of things that are incredibly important to the growth of humanity. And so that's one thing that recruiters do. But another thing that recruiters do is they help individuals move from one company to another. And that's mm-hmm. an important thing because, because I mean, you're helping that person get to a better place position in their life and in that role for that recruiter helping an individual is they they are mentors they're providing guidance and advice mm-hmm. but they're also like psychologists because they have to mm-hmm. you know learn about things that maybe aren't i don't i don't know it's like they have to learn about the situation and sometimes that involves mm-hmm. personal details and so that's mm-hmm. why they're like a psychologist mm-hmm. so it's just so cool. Once you learn more about something, you realize why it's important and why it's here. And the rev- the recruiting and staffing industry is a huge in- it's it's it's, hu- it's a huge industry. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's silly yeah. to think that it doesn't matter, but mm-hmm. but it's yeah. it's it's very cool to hear about really how recruiters are are actually helping the world. I definitely love what I do, and I love that you mentioned Steve Jobs earlier because his quote is one of my favorites. The only way to do great work is to love what you do. And if you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. <laughs> so what do you love favorites. about it? We can close on this if you just want to share. Yeah, I think that a lot of people are now really looking at, you know, why the why, you know, like even I've been reading Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, you know, why do I do what I do? And what is my why? Like, what am I doing this for? And it's not just, oh, I just want a job to pay the bill. A lot of people, when I interview them, I mean, even if I look back 20 years ago, I I always ask people, what's most important for you? You know, and when I'm exploring sort of why they're looking and and why they love what they do. um, I had a guy break down an interview one time and he said, I don't even love what I do. I don't even know what I wanted to do. And I sat there and I said, why don't you just take some time? Why don't you take some time? Look at what you you know, may like aspects of your role right now. Where do you see your strengths? What do you like, you know, um, doing as an individual, you know, hobbies and things like that. And then see if you can tie that into your career goals. And, and he ended up taking time out of his career and he ended up going into a whole different career path. That's a whole other story. But I really think that people are now taking more time to think about, you know, what is my why? What is my passion? What is going to make me feel fulfilled? And now fast forward when I ask that question to people, it's not always, you know, money or working for a big company or climbing the corporate ladder. It's, I want to really enjoy my work. I want to be fulfilled. I want to have a voice in the company, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You really sound exactly like a psychologist at that point, basically <laughs> listening to this person's, that, that's, that's not a business question. It's not like, how are you going to bring more revenue to our company for mm-hmm. this quarter? It's like, mm-hmm. that's an amazing piece of advice that you offered that person and their mm-hmm. life is better because of it. So... Yeah. It just really warms my heart genuinely <laughs> to hear. It's so great. It's really, really great to hear. That's one reason I love talking talking to recruiters is because 
you have that that I love that element of life is listening and and working through situations with other people. So it's very cool to talk to recruiters like yourself who are doing mm-hmm. that 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 very thing. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into another Deep Hire podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you or anybody else on your team thinks that you might be a good fit as a guest on our podcast, feel free to reach out on deephire.com. Have a great day. We love you. Love, Matt, and the Deep Hire team.